Welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast. If you love tennis and want to improve your game, this podcast is for you. Whether it's technique, strategy, equipment, or the mental game, tennis professional Ian Westerman is here to make you a better player. And now, here's Ian. Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Today's episode of the Essential Tennis Podcast is brought to you by TennisExpress.com. Well, thank you very much for joining me on today's show, and I'm excited to do today's show. I am every week, but I was just sitting here getting ready to start recording and, and realizing that I was getting ready to talk to thousands of people all over the world who love tennis. And that's really exciting for me. And I want to thank all of you guys listening for continuing to support the show by downloading the file and, and by being listeners, by sending in questions. I, I love that the show continues to, to grow and improve. And I, it's great to have all of you guys on board. So thank you very much for your continued support. I look forward to today's show and hopefully it's going to help you guys out there get some ideas about how you can improve your own game and become a better player. That's, that's always been the points of this show, and I, I hope that that's shown. All right, let's go ahead and get down to business. Sit back, relax, and get ready for some great tennis instruction. All right, let's get started on today's episode, and our first question is going to be coming to us from Mark in the Netherlands, Mark Roden said, Hi, Ian. I listened with great interest to your last two podcasts about handling short, weak shots. Maybe a nice follow-up would be how to handle short, slow balls that are also very low and have varying kinds of spin. I thought, it was, I, thought I was improving on handling the short balls, hitting them with topspin and all, but now I encountered an opponent that plays them very smartly. His short shots are often too low for me to hit them with topspin back. I also make many mistakes if I try backspin. This is because the balls are either too low or they are very slow and have difficult curve to them or they have spin and are unpredictable. What I tried in the end was to approach them as almost kind of a volley. I hit them with a continental grip so I can lift them better and try to push them back as far as I can. I say push because there's no space and time for a regular swing. I try to hit them to the back of the court most of the time because a drop shot seems risky. What do you think of my approach? Does it make sense or do you have better ideas, Mark? All right, Mark. Well, I've got four main things that I've outlined here that I want to get across to you that I think are going to be helpful. And uh, I'll give you my thoughts on what your approach is and, and how to handle this shot, which is very often a, a shot that recreational players struggle with. So first of all, and I, I, I understand that the, the shot that you're talking about is, is tricky, it's difficult, it, you're having a hard time getting to it, and it's low by the time you get there. However, I, I do want to point out that topspin should always be your top choice. And I, I, I totally hear where you're coming from. And I know that you're talking about a shot where topspin uh, doesn't seem like it's possible. However, 
it should continue to be your number one choice if it is at all an option when you're getting these shots from your opponents. The reason why I like topspin the most for this type of shot, uh, anything low and slow and short in general, is because it gives you margin for error while trying to attack. And that's the best of both worlds. That's what all of you guys should be striving to do. I know that all of you listening want to have the ability to take something low, short, slow, where you're moving well into the court to get to it and make a confident full swing and put it in play consistently. Wouldn't that be great? (laughs) I know that a lot of you out there have fear of hitting that type of shot because you often miss it. It's a low percentage shot. And so you end up having to just push it in play just like what Mark is describing, the way that he's taken a continental grip and basically just pushed it in play. So the first thing I want to say to you, to, to all of you guys, is that topspin should be your, your top choice, um, if, if it's at all possible, because that, that topspin gives it curve back down into the court again, and it allows you to continue to be aggressive and not have to let up and just push it in play. And many of you guys listening are, are not good at this, and it's something that should be developed and practiced. You guys should be practicing this on purpose on the courts uh, during your practice time. And I spend a lot of time with my clients as I teach full-time practicing this shot. I, I will give it to them over and over. Typically, the way I, I practice it with them is I will be on the baseline and feed them a short shot. They'll move forwards, attack to one side of the court or the other. Let's say they're, um, I, I give them a target of hitting the, the deuce side and they make a full swing, aim to the deuce side and I'm standing there waiting for it and I just block it up into the air again, slowly, softly, short. And I, I have them just repeat again and again and again, making a full, full swing at that short shot. So get a ball machine or a partner that can feed to you or is consistent uh, enough or has enough control to, to hit it back to you over and over again shortly. They might not be exactly the same as this opponent you're talking about who seems to be really good at this shot as far as making it challenging by varying spins and keeping it really low. But you should just be practicing in general hitting a topspin shot from that area of the court so that you have a little more confidence when you play against this opponent. So that's point number one that I want to make. Uh, Topspin should be your top choice. Uh, Moving on to number two, when not possible, slice is extremely useful. And, you know, I I talk a lot on the podcast about how I prefer topspin whenever possible. That being said, I'm not anti-slice. It's it's not that I don't think backspin can be used effectively. However, when you do use slice, let's say that it, that the shot that your opponent has hit you is especially low or it has that, that spin that's unpredictable for you, Mark. Uh, when that happens and you just aren't getting there in a very balanced position, slice is a great shot selection in this situation. But understand that this shouldn't be an aggressively hit type slice. You shouldn't be trying to hit lots of backspin with like a a chopping motion. It should be a smooth, guided shot with a little bit of backspin on it. Slice, I I think a lot of times recreational players uh, wrongly assume that slice means you're really kind of chopping down at the ball aggressively, really slicing it, making a lot of backspin, and it's a shot that should be like 
tricky or sneaky because you're putting a ton of spin on it and trying to fool your opponent with all the backspin that you put on the ball. No, this should be a guided shot, something that's consistent, very accurate, well-placed. And yes, it will have some backspin on it, but the whole point of hitting slice is not just to spin the ball. Um, It's a style of shot that should be very uh, easily controlled and, and very accurate. And again, this is a shot that that you should be practicing uh, in your practice play, Mark, so that it's it's in your arsenal. It's a, and it's an option that you have when you get a, a more difficult short shot from your opponent. So that's number two, using the slice. And and when I say slice, it's not an ex, an extreme, you know, heavy spin, backspin type shot. Um, it's controlled and steady and consistent. Now, uh, moving on to number three, when slice isn't even possible, all right, when it's just such a tough shot, you're barely, you're just barely reaching it, um, I like the approach that you are taking. You should just be pushing the ball back deep, and uh, I like your approach to keep it uh, deep, push it as close to the baseline as possible. Hopefully, you can, you can direct it towards the weakness of your opponent, would probably be a, a great option. When it's not really an option, just keeping it down the line in general is going to be a good way to go. And the reason for that is it keeps the ball in front of you, making it easier to cover passing shot attempts from your opponent. So um, again, to their weakness would be a great option. Keeping it deep is a great option. Uh, When you can't do either of those things, just keep it in front of you. Just push it straight ahead down the line, and you'll be an easy. You'll be in a better position to cover passing shot attempts as opposed to hitting cross court, which leaves a wide open court down the line for your opponent to try to hit their passing shot. All right. Um, so that's kind of the push uh, shot, and I don't have a problem with this either. When, when you know, listen, when it's an emergency. The number one priority is just get the ball in play. And this is a shot that I've absolutely used in match play, even at a 5-0 level. It's a shot that is used on TV uh, by the pros. Um, when you're in a tough situation, you just got to do what you got to do. And so, um, you know, kind of worst case scenario, go ahead and use a continental grip and just push it deep down the line or towards their weakness, whichever one you think will be more effective. All right, and lastly, uh, point number four that I want to talk about uh, relating to your question mark is I want you to work on your anticipation skills. You got to start reading these types of shots, start seeing them earlier from your opponents. You should see these low, you know, spinny shots coming from your opponent. Um, the technique used to hit this type of shot that you're describing is completely different from you know trying to hit a topspin drive or a, a deep shot in the court. Um, you're, you're, you should notice technique differences. You should notice differences in how your opponent is setting up uh, with his body and with his racket in order to hit this low spin, spinning shot. And so I want you to start paying closer attention to how he's doing it and when he's doing it so that when it happens next... You get a jump on it, and you're able to get up to this shot more quickly and get yourself in a better position. To be honest with you, there's just not really any excuse to get beat by this shot over and over again. I mean, really. I don't, I don't even care how good it is, uh, honestly. If he uses it frequently, 
you should see it coming uh, after a while. You know, the first couple of times, fine. Uh, you're going to get maybe get caught off guard by it. But after the, the first couple of times that he uses this shot or any opponent uses this shot, you should start to anticipate it. You should start to see it coming and get up to the ball quickly enough that you're able to to play an offensive shot, basically, and, uh, and pressure him right back. Now, of course, you know, the pros use drop shots effectively here and there, but they it's only really effective when they use this type of shot sparingly and it's kind of a, um, an off-pace shot to throw their opponent off balance. Um, anybody who who uses a short shot exclusively is really should get beat. <laughs> um, now, if their opponent isn't good at handling short shots, then they won't get beat and, and that was a good tactic for them to play and there's no shame in that. Uh, but somebody who does this on a regular basis... Mark, you should start to see it coming, and I want you to practice it enough and be paying close enough attention that you see it coming and you're able to handle it comfortably. And that goes for the rest of you listening as well. All right, so Mark, there you go. There's my answer to your question. Good question. And thank you very much for being a listener in the Netherlands. I appreciate it. Hopefully uh, this answer was helpful to you. All right, before we get to our second question in today's show, I want to remind you guys about the official sponsor of the Essential Tennis Podcast, and that is TennisExpress.com, where you guys can go to get all of your tennis gear and equipment and accessory needs met, whether whether it be rackets, bags, strings, grips, straining machines, whatever you guys need, shoes, shirts, shorts, apparel, you you name it, they've got it over there. And they've got good prices, free shipping on orders over $75. And when you do go there and you get whatever you need this week for your, your tennis game, please use the promotional code ESSENTIAL when you check out. And that will tell TennisExpress.com that you're a listener of the Essential Tennis Podcast and that you appreciate their support of the podcast by being a, a sponsor. So please go check them out. Use the promotional code ESSENTIAL. And I thank them very much for their support of my podcast. All right, let's go ahead and move on now with our second question. And it comes to us from Jim in California. Jim wrote and said, Can you discuss the trade-offs between hitting predominantly to an opponent's weakness versus waiting for an opportunity to hit your attacking shot there? I.e., if an opponent has a weaker backhand, most people will attempt to hit a majority of shots to that side. However, that means when you get a weak or at least attackable return, your shot is likely to go to your opponent's strength. Conversely, the alternative is to hit to the opponent's strength. Then when you, for example, push them wide to their forehand side and get a short ball, you can approach to their weakness. Then, instead of them trying to pass you with their best shot, they have to beat you with their worst shot. What are the trade-offs? How do you maximize either approach? When, uh, when do you use both? On the pro level, Fed and Djokovic do this frequently. All right, well, Jim, good question. And it's great that you're thinking critically about shot selection and tactics, just like what you're describing here. It's excellent that you're even aware of these types of things and especially aware of combinations 
and setting up to one side versus the other, attacking to one side versus the other, etc., etc. Hopefully, you're just as aware of these types of things during your match play as you are when you're off the court and you were typing this question to me. It's awesome that you're, you're thinking about things like this. And all of you listening should be trying to, to pick out patterns of play like this to use against your opponents on a regular basis, both in singles and in doubles, even though uh, what Jim is describing here is clearly a singles tactics uh, question. Now, uh, a couple of things I want to talk about here, Jim. First of all, in my opinion, continuing to pound a weakness is the way to go for a couple reasons. That, that, that's definitely my choice. Now, as we, as we keep going here, I'll point out several reasons or other, other ways that maybe it won't, it won't be the way to go. Um, however, in general, I think continuing to play the, the weakness, in other words, the, the, first, um, the first example that you laid out, uh, which was hitting to opponent's backhand over and over again, and then finally getting that short attackable shot, um, I think that's the way to go. Uh, for for a few reasons. First of all, uh, when when you do pound their weakness over and over again, and you make it really obvious, and you just hit to that side again and again, first of all, it's quite possible that you'll just outright win the points, and you won't even, you won't even have to make a put away shot or move in and and attack and have to try to put the ball away or force them to have to put the ball away. It's very possible that they'll just make errors. The more shots that you hit there, the more they will give you free points. And you don't even have to worry about putting the ball away. That's reason number one why I, I think that hitting to the weaker side more is just a better play, usually. Secondly, when you continue to attack to that weak side, who says that when you do get an attackable ball that you have to go the other way anyway? <laughs> you you kind of made the assumption in your question that all right so so we hit to their backhand again and again we get the weak ball they're they're you know we're just on their back they just hit a backhand so now we have to go to the forehand side to try to put the ball away no that's not the case why not just attack to their backhand again and make them hit yet another one and force them to have to try to pass you with their weaker shot there's nothing that says that you that after hitting to their backhand side and getting a short ball that you then have to hit to their forehand side. Go ahead and just attack right back at it. Um, if you know and if it's noticeable that their forehand is in fact much stronger than their backhand, there's no reason to make them hit it the entire match. Literally. <laughs> go, go ahead and don't even let them hit it once the entire match. Wouldn't that be great if you know that their backhand is worse and you literally just make them hit only backhands, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Even if it means that they're not having to run back and forth at all, go ahead and just make them hit backhands all day long. Now, again, there's going to be different situations and different opponents, and we'll get to that a little bit later. But in general, I think that continuing to attack the backhand is just an excellent shot. I, I'd, I'd much rather, ha- I'd, I'd very often, uh, rather, very often rather have my opponent not running and try to hit their weakness past me as opposed to hitting their strength on the run. So I do agree with you, Jim, that very often having your opponent run and hit their strength is not going to be successful for you in the long run. So I, I'm totally on the same page with you there. But my point is, who says you have to hit over there? Just just continue to attack that backhand. Now, when on the other side of the coin, when you hit to their strength over and over again, and we're trying to play that second 
situation or, or that second series of shots that you were talking about, uh, hit to their strength over and over, wait for the short ball, and then attack over to the other side of the court to their weakness. Well, the problem with that, in my view, is that when you do hit to their strength over and over again, there's no guarantee that, that you'll even get an attackable shot. If their strength, you know, isn't, if, if their forehand is in fact their best shot and they love hitting it, if you continue to go there in hopes of getting a short shot to attack to their other side, to their backhand, you might not even get one in the first place if their forehand is in fact their best shot. Now, if both your forehand and your backhand are on par with their strength, if your both your forehand and your backhand are just as strong as their strongest shot, their forehand, then go ahead and use this tactic. I, I actually think it would be just fine. If you can sustain uh, a, a long rally with them using both your forehand and backhand side hitting to their strength and kind of if you're able to work the points and not worry about them taking over the points and attacking on you then i think this tactic is perfectly fine however if you have a, a definite weaker side and your pl- and your uh, planned tactic is to hit to their strength over and over again uh, I have a problem with that fundamentally from a tactics standpoint because now we're giving them opportunity after opportunity to be able to do to us what we're trying to do the, do to them. If we take every ball and hit, uh, purposefully hit to their strength, well, it's that many chances that they have to attack to our weakness. And so I don't think that's going to pay off in the long run for most of you listening. Because most of you listening are playing players that have a definite stronger side. And most of you guys listening also have a definite stronger side. So in my opinion, whenever you get an opportunity to just blatantly hit to your opponent's weakness, especially if it's with your strength, you should be doing that. And you should be taking advantage of it. I think that purposefully going to your opponent's strength in the hopes of getting a short ball so that you can then attack to your opponent's weakness is playing with fire. And I, I, I think that it's unnecessary risk when you have equal opportunity to go in either direction. Now, you might not always have equal opportunity to go in either direction. Maybe uh, you, you're having to hit your weakness down the line uh, to go to their weakness or something like that, and it just doesn't match up well. And so once in a while, you have to go to their strength, and that's perfectly fine. Please don't think that I'm saying that literally every shot should always go to your opponent's weaker side. You should always keep in mind things like the directionals, uh, where the highest percentage play is on the courts. It's not always prudent to just hit literally every single shot to your opponent's weaker side uh, because tactically it doesn't always make sense. But I'm just trying to make my point that in general, continuing to hit to their weakness is probably the percentage amount of times going to work out in your favor more so than trying to play their strength on purpose in hopes of being able to set up for their weaker side. Now, the last thing I want to say here, Jim, and this goes for all tactical discussions and all tactical situations, period. Everything is situational. And and I've you know, briefly said several times in my discussion here, well, it depends on this, and that's assuming that that, that is the case, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, y- your opponent may have an incredible running forehand. And so, and, and I pointed that out, I believe, uh, briefly. If, if you hit to their backhand, 
over and over again. I'm sorry, you pointed this out originally in your question. If you hit to their weakness over and over and then hit to their strength uh, to try to hit it away from them, maybe that's their, their favorite shot is hitting on the run to their stronger side. And so it may not work out. Uh, or maybe their weakness, their weaker side is actually pretty good when they know you're going to go there over and over again and they're just waiting for it and in balance. I've, I've definitely come across that situation personally where uh, I, I definitely, you know, I figure out early, wow, I don't want to hit to my opponent's forehand. That's definitely their biggest shot. And so I, I start hitting everything to their backhand side and they just get into a rhythm and get into a groove because I'm hitting everything over there. They know that it's coming there. They get in good balance and they have no problem just hitting uh, kind of a neutral rally ball back. And, and all of a sudden I'm having to work much harder than I was planning on. Or maybe even they like to hit a passing shot when they know it's coming to their weaker side. And I'm, I'm just coming up with random examples here of why what I've talked about might not even work. <laughs> and you guys have to be prepared for that. You know why? Because there's never anything that always works, ever, against everybody. That you won't find a, a combination of shots for one player that will work against all other players. It's always going to be different. And that's part of the fun of tennis. It can also be frustrating because you might go out and play really great one day, playing a certain tactic or a certain uh, combination of shots, and then you go out the next day and, and think, man, this is awesome. I'm going to continue crushing people. You play that same pattern and you get dominated because it plays right into the strength of your new opponent. And so you guys have to be very aware. I was talking about this earlier in the, in, in the show, talking to Mark about those short shots. You have to be very aware in general of what your opponent is doing, what they like, what they don't like. And so all of these generalities, all of these, all of this general information and, uh, that I've given today where I've said, you know, I, in general, I like this. It's always going to be situational and you have to be willing to, to change things up when certain plays are just not working because it, your opponent likes it. <laughs> and so you want to do the opposite of whatever your opponent likes. And whatever that happens to be, you have to be willing to go along with that if you want to be as successful as possible. So that, that's kind of the underlying thing that, that supersedes everything else that I've talked about today. But Jim, to answer your question directly, in general, <laughs> again, in general, I, I definitely prefer the play of going weakness, 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 and just really make them uncomfortable and make them hit their weaker shot again and again and again. I, I will always like that play better than trying to be sneaky and, uh, and say, all right, sure, I'll go to your strength. Here you go. And hope that you'll get a short ball and then hope that you can attack over to their weaker side. Now, don't get me wrong. That can be effective, but just realize that you're playing with fire a little bit. You're giving your opponent some opportunities. That's the main point I wanted to make. But Remember, all of this is situational, and so pay attention out there, guys. Be very aware and put together winning tactics and winning strategy based on all of your unique opponents. So, Jim, thank you very much for your question. Really well thought out uh, question. I really appreciate it. Thank you for being a listener in Los Altos Hills, California, and good luck continuing to try to improve your game. All right, that does it for episode number 144 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. 
And before I wrap things up for today's show, I want to send a thank you out to several really, really important people, or at least some of my favorite people now, that they've written a review on the iTunes Music Store. And some of you wrote really, really nice reviews, and I really appreciate the kind words that many of you guys wrote. Um, even if you just wrote a sentence or two, that's great. I really appreciate the feedback, and that, that helps with the the podcast's rating on iTunes, and so I appreciate the time that you guys took to, to write, no matter how short or long, but to those of you who wrote like big paragraphs, I really appreciate it. You guys are, you guys are awesome. So I want to give a shout out here. Uh, here I just copied and pasted over the, uh, the last 15 people on iTunes who have left reviews. Jim VA, Hockey Girly, Andrew LE, Huckleberry7, Bruce Rodriguez, Jorge Spain, M. Touche, Essex for Duke. Here's my personal favorite. Lucy Westerman is so cute. It's uh, a little creepy, but that's my, uh, that's my daughter. <laughs> I agree. She is cute. Uh, thank you. Uh, Matthew Chen, Desert Tennis, Bain W, 808 Rich, Roger pa- uh, Patio, it looks like, and Tennis Andy. Thank you guys so much. Those are the last 15 people to leave reviews on iTunes. And those of you who left a review and uh, wrote to me with your address looking for free free strain, I'm probably going to make all those mailings this week. Um, today is, what is today, the 15th? Yeah, 15th of November. So look for your free set of strain in the next, uh, probably in the next week, unless you are not in the U.S., in which case uh, it's probably going to be a little bit longer than that, but it'll still be coming. So again, thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. And this show has continu- continued to get better and um, continued to improve because of you guys, the listeners. Honestly, without without you you people out there listening and giving me feedback and supporting the show and making donations, doing reviews, telling your friends about it, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, this show would not continue to to get better. So thank I thank all of you guys very very much. Uh, seriously, thank you. All right, so that does it for this week. That's enough uh, enough groveling <laughs> to you guys, the listeners. Let's wrap things up. Uh, And I'll talk to you guys next week. Next Monday will be the next show. And until then, take care and good luck with your tennis.